So you guys heard about cannabis and sports. You've heard of athletes getting caught with cannabis, especially the latest in the, in the Olympics. Well, you won't want to miss this show because I'll be talking to somebody who did a whole bunch of research and also wrote a book on the subject. So stay tuned. Five, four, three, two, one. medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dude Grow 2.0. Hey, what's up, Good Dudes Grow 2.0? Welcome to the show once more. We're back here. We have a wonderful guest. My next guest is Josiah Hesse. He's the author of Runner's High, How a Movement of Cannabis-Fueled Athletes is Changing the Science of Sports. Josiah Hesse, thanks for coming to the show. Uh, I did a little intro uh, about you writing the book, Runner's High, on how a movement of cannabis-fueled athletes in, and is changing the science of sports. And I wanted to have you on my show because in our realm, in the first responder realm, we're, we're considered tactical athletes. So uh, I want to see how cannabis relates in sports and how we can relate it to the first responder realm. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, what you're doing now, how you guys started in cannabis, and we'll go from there. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I'm a journalist from Denver, Colorado, and uh, I've been working here for a couple of years before cannabis legalization hit. And when that did, uh, I shifted a lot of my focus towards reporting on cannabis uh, and met a whole diverse group of people uh, who were using cannabis, people that didn't fit the uh, stoner stereotype, uh, and a lot of them were athletes, uh, particularly endurance runners. In Colorado, uh, ultramarathons are very popular. And uh, around that same time, I got into running uh, really for the mental health benefits, um, had never been terribly interested in exercise before, but found that when I took a cannabis edible, uh, a, a relatively small dose for me is around 10 milligrams of THC, that it completely changed the experience. Um, it became enjoyable, uh, not so stressful, um, not so much negative talk in my head, uh, more mind-body communication, uh, really just a sort of engaging with the natural, playful, pleasurable sides of exercise that I think a lot of Americans are divorced from. And so with that experience and then meeting all of these athletes, uh, you know, the runners, but also people from all avenues of sports who were using cannabis, it was an exciting topic for me. And so I started writing about it for outlets like The Guardian and Esquire, and uh, at that same time, a whole lot of new research was coming out about the volume of people who are using cannabis in conjunction with exercise. The people that used it had um, better uh, health outcomes, you know, lower rates of diabetes, uh, heart disease, um, obesity, uh, that, you know, cannabis users were actually healthier, more active uh, than their sober counterparts, which kind of bucks a lot of trends. Um, so it seemed to me that this book needed to be written, uh, a book that kind of explored all of the science, the history, the culture, uh, and the athletics uh, of this phenomenon. And I didn't really have much of a background in sports reporting, uh, or any at all, really. Um, so I wasn't sure if I was the person to write this book, but it seemed like nobody else was. Right. So it was something I wanted to jump into. 
Well, you know, on the part of the book, I, like I said, we talked before the show, I purchased a book. I'm flying on, on a flight later on uh, tomorrow and I'm hoping to actually, uh, to actually the audio book so I can listen to it. So I'm really excited to see what's actually in, in the book. Cause it really entices me to ask the question, what, what main parts of the books really surprised you as you did the investigation? Cause I'm pretty sure there are some parts that you're like, I really did not know that. I'm, I'm, that just completely changed the, the stigma of, of people using cannabis? Well, uh, at first I was definitely surprised that cannabis was so popular in professional sports. Uh, according to my reporting, around 60 to 80% of professional athletes are using cannabis in some form before, during, or after their workouts or their competition. Uh, but what I found most exciting and most surprising was the science behind the runner's high. You know, it's a term that we're all familiar with. We hear it a lot uh, since the running boom of the 70s and 80s. We hear about these people experiencing a runner's high, which is a sort of uptick in mood, a reduction in pain that research shows comes around like 30 minutes of like moderate uh, running, you know, like 70 percent heart rate, nothing, not a sprint, not walking. Uh, but there's a little uh, uh, zone in there that gives you this uh, effect. Well, I didn't know that uh, one that was natural cannabis, uh, a kind of what's called endogenous cannabinoids. Uh, so we all have like endogenous opiates, uh, opioids like uh, um, endorphins uh, means endogenous morphine. We have endogenous uh, cannabinoids, uh, a lot of different uh, ones inside of us that control all sorts of uh, human functions, sleep, fertility, hunger, mood, uh, all you know, a whole rate, there's almost nothing that happens in the body uh, without the endocannabinoid system. Um, and then learning that that has links to uh, this sort of evolutionary pleasure we get, uh, or the evolutionary systems that give us that pleasure from running. Um, so there's a great book called Born to Run that was very popular about 20 years ago that kind of showed that a lot of uh, um, our inclination to run and our physiology to run comes from hunting antelopes across the savannah over long periods of time, not sprinting them down, but like sort of, you know, tracking them with a bit of running over a long period of time and wearing them down. Well, that is part of our endocannabinoid system. We have this endogenous cannabinoid called anandamide that's released uh, in that experience of 30 minutes of running, 70% heart rate. And that, you know, reduces our pain, it, it motivates us, it makes us feel good about the activity itself. And that was something that sort of incentivized this hunting behavior uh, for uh, tens of thousands of years over the course of evolution. Um, and so this is something that we're still engaging with today. And, and we often engage with evolutionary mechanisms outside of the context that they were originally created. You know, salt, fat, and sugar is something that excites us a lot because it was so rare in nature, and now we just have it multiple times a day. Uh, sex isn't used for procreation uh, every time, and running isn't used for hunting. You know, it's it, there isn't really always a destination in mind. Some people get caught up in the numbers and the competition of it, but really, it's uh, for me at least, and for a lot of people I talk to, it's about the joy of running, the, the playfulness of it, the, the euphoria of it. And that comes from hunting antelopes, you know, millions of years ago. Uh, and so that was really exciting for me to kind of learn all of that myself and then find a way to uh, present this information to an audience who maybe weren't, you know, didn't have that like neurobiology background. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. 
you said in the beginning that 60 to 80% of athletes were actually using cannabis throughout their career. One of the biggest issues when I talk to first responders and, and management and people in the upper echelon trying to say, hey, listen, we need to get first responders access to this, especially off medications like Xanax and, you know, Adderall and stuff like that, to, or especially alcohol to help us sleep and, and cope with stuff, is that they say they're afraid that it'll diminish our ability to do basically, you know, our job. So I find it interesting that 80% of athletes are using it. And these are high, you know, high level professional athletes, but they're still able, you know, to come the next day, if they take it the night before, to come the next day and perform like basic superstars. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case with a good amount of the athletes that you watch on TV every Sunday. Uh, and, you know, just a side note, those other alternatives, uh, those other medications, Xanax, uh, opioids, alcohol, those are going to have a pretty diminishing effect on your performance, even the next day. Uh, you know, we all know that hangovers, especially as we age, uh, uh, take quite a toll on us. And what I found is that most people discover a sort of uh, ideal dose for cannabis for them. For me, it's like 10 to 20 milligrams of THC. Uh, and that's something that hasn't really wavered in the 10 years that I've been running. Uh, and so that's usually the case with the professional athletes is they're not like, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing it. Most of them aren't doing like hash dabs uh, before the uh, the game. I mean, I don't know, some people may be, but like for the most part, they find something that works for them and they stick with that dose. And when you're in that dose and you're taking it regularly, there isn't the sort of disorienting, lazy, confused effect that a lot of people associate with cannabis, uh, often erroneous, erroneously because they're using it in the context of mixing it with alcohol or at a party and wanting to get as messed up as possible. So they're taking increasingly large doses. Most people who are using it in some kind of medical uh, or athletic enhancement context are, are staying at a mild level of intoxication. And when you've been doing something for so long, years and years and years, like football uh, or for me with running, cannabis isn't going to have uh, that negative effect on it. Um, like, you know, doing something um, for the first time under the influence of cannabis. Uh, uh, that's something I, I usually deter people from doing. Uh, for instance, I went rock climbing for the first time with a friend earlier this year, and I'm afraid of heights. I didn't know anything about the the equipment. I didn't know anything about the practice. So she used uh, cannabis beforehand because she uses she, she climbs all the time. I'd never climbed before. I'm not going to use cannabis. I it's not it's not going to enhance my experience in there. But if I'm going to go out and run, you know, I can run an ultra marathon under you know a heavy amount of of cannabis and be just fine because I've you know done it so many times. Yeah, that's that's amazing. The key there is understanding your own, you know, what takes what it takes you to get your own levels that you need. And that's the biggest thing I tell everybody. We're not most first responders not in it to uh, get blasted. They're in it to actually so they can sleep better and deal with what they're dealing on a daily basis. But that comes to, what, to the next question is basically a couple of years. It's funny that the, I'm going to say this, but a couple of years back, I'm, a couple of years, I don't know about 10 years back because I'm, I'm a little older probably older than you are, but during the Olympics, a, a, a snowboard, winter Olympics, snowboarder got lost his gold medal because he actually got caught for cannabis. And I'm like, I was, I was sat there and I'm like, you know, this stuff is not a sports enhancing drug. And we just saw the same thing happen in the summer Olympics out in Russia with, uh, with Miss Richardson, Sorry. right? She got stuck <laughs> with, with some sort of, sort of cannabis paraphernalia in her, in her bag. Is it 
a sports enhancing drug? Is it, you know, I, I, I kind of know what you're going to answer and how you're going to say it being in the sports realm, but for people who are listening, what's the big deal? What's, does it enhance their sports or, or, or not? I get asked that a lot. And the short answer that I always give is yes, but not in the way we typically use that term. Uh, because most people associate that term, especially people outside of athletics with steroids, with blood doping, with something that if you have two people who are say genetically similar and they're working out in the exact same way, one of them's taking steroids, the other one's not, uh, the person taking steroids is going to, you know, surpass them pretty dramatically, uh, at the detriment to their own body. Uh, that's not what we're seeing with cannabis. Uh, if you want to call it an enhancement, it's along the lines of uh, ibuprofen, uh, a sleep aid, um, a SSRI, you know, things that aren't banned in most sports. Uh, benzodiazepines are banned in some sports. Um, Adderall is banned in some sports, uh, but not across the board. And uh, a lot of times you can get a, a doctor's exemption uh, for the, those medications, which uh, you can with cannabis. There have been a few cases of people getting around the World Anti-Doping Agency with uh, um, a medical a cannabis prescription, but it's very, very rare. Uh, but I talked to a um, sports uh, medicine educator who, you know, was an Olympic medic and uh, sat on a lot of boards for uh, sports medicine. And the way he describes it is uh, cannabis is going to return you to a state of balance. You know, it's going to help you recover. And he's like, if I put ice on an injured ankle, I'm not taking that ankle beyond its natural limits, you know, like a steroid could with your muscles or with your heart. Uh, you know, this is something that's just going to return you to a state of balance. And what I hear so often from athletes <sighs> is that uh, it puts them in a kind of flow state uh, where they um, – you know, are focused exclusively on the task at hand, a kind of like myopic focus, you know, so much with uh, athletics, you're focusing on your career uh, and the audience and your sponsors. Uh, there's so much going on there that um, cannabis can kind of help people to athletes to, you know, turn all that out and, and just uh, exclusively focus on the task at hand. Your book, uh, for the cannabis, cannabis curious uh, athletes, like you said, it, it's basically, it's more enhancing as a recovery agent than actually a performance agent. And everybody knows that if you get better, you get better sleep, you recover better, you can actually be perform better. Is that, am I correct with that? Yes, but also in the act itself, I think it does enhance performance because of that reason of uh, allowing an athlete to focus exclusively on the act itself. And, and turn out all that ancillary chatter of their career. And then also, and WADA lists this in one of the reasons that it's banned, it can help them overcome anxiety when it comes to previous injuries. Uh, it's something I hear a lot from runners, you know, is that ankle going to start flaring up again or my knee's going to start hurting, you know, and this can sort of alleviate some of that anxiety. And then I hear it from uh, runners, especially all the time. It's incredibly popular with endurance runners. These people are running multiple days in a row on very little to no sleep and they're going up and down mountains uh which can make you a little bit crazy and they all talk about how it's a uh, 90 percent uh mental and 10 percent physical endurance running uh so a lot of it is just up here in your head whether or not you can like what you're wrestling with it's it's yeah the fatigue in your legs and everything but like 
you're wrestling with your thoughts, with your perspectives, with your attitude, with your emotions. And cannabis can help people return to the present state, uh, admire the nature around them, you know, with uh, uh, trail runners and, and just be more in a present state. But again, when we're talking about performance enhancement, most people think about steroids. They think about something that's going to take your heart and your blood and your muscles beyond their natural genetic limits. And cannabis won't do that. Right. At that, I can see exactly what you're talking about. So if people actually wanted to get your book, where's your book available right now? Um, pretty much anywhere books are sold. So, um, Amazon, Target, Walmart, uh, you know, bookstores, hopefully uh, any local independent bookstore in your area. Perfect. I'll, I'll grab some links. Uh, I think I already have the Amazon links. So I did buy it. I'll, I'll connect you to the, the show and everything else. If people wanted to follow you, do you have a, a Facebook or Instagram link that they, you go by? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm at Jojo Dancer 3000 and uh, Twitter is at Josiah M. Hesse. What's coming up next? You got another book coming out? What's Can I ask? Can I... Currently, I'm working on a memoir about growing up in the kind of intense uh, Christian fundamentalism uh, in rural Iowa. Interesting. Interesting. I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on that one. Josiah, I appreciate taking your time. Sorry about that little freaking... Uh, internet mishap, but we got everything. I appreciate it. And uh, you know what? You have a great day and hopefully we'll, we'll talk soon again. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been great. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review and subscribe. So you never miss an episode of the good dudes grow 2.0.